0: Are you all ready to make a Lenten journey? I hope you are, because today, as a congregation, we begin our journey of Lent. This will be a very special journey, because traveling with us will be Jesus the Christ. Let me prepare for that journey, and let you prepare for that journey. We will be with Jesus as he makes his final journey. It will be from the Sea of Galilee to the north, to Jerusalem in the south. Jesus will be our guide, as he is, or certainly should be, our, in our lives. Also, we will not do the actual walk to Galilee, from Galilee to Jerusalem, Instead, we will be traveling within ourselves. Yep, we're going to take a trip within ourselves. As Christians, during the time of Lent, we are called upon to look within ourselves, and we are, we are trying to find out whether we, as a person, are walking the path of faith in God and Jesus Christ. We discover that perhaps intentionally or unintentionally we have strayed from that path. In the Christian church, Lent is a season of 40 days of introspection and repentance to help people prepare themselves for Easter. Sundays are not counted in the 40 days. The season begins on Fat Tuesday. I love that name, Fat Tuesday, and ends the very and starts the very next day on Ash Wednesday. It lasts through the Saturday before Easter. We will see the activities of Jesus on his journey that must make us think about how those activities impact our lives if they do so at all on our journey. We will see what we are called by God to do and the importance of those actions we are called to fulfill will have in our lives. So let's get started on the journey and its relevance to us. The first thing Jesus does as he sets his face towards Jerusalem, he sets His face towards Jerusalem. Those are some of the most powerful words in the Bible. They describe Jesus making a firm and irrevocable, life-changing, world-changing, or in his case, life-ending decision. He will go to Jerusalem. Why would Jesus make such a momentous life-ending journey? With the end of his journey would, and he, with the end of this journey and what that would really mean for him. Well, Jerusalem was the center of power for those Jews allowed to exercise some control over those that lived in Palestine. But it was also close to the center of power for those who really ruled Palestine, with brutal and merciless power, the famous or infamous Roman army. Anything that would cause a threat, actual or perceived to Roman rule, would be brutally and forcefully crushed. And Jesus was such a threat. And he knew it. But despite that knowledge, Jesus took the path of total dedication to God. I'm sure he knew that his love and faith in God will cause him a terrible and life-ending experience. But he took the journey anyway. So, my first point of perhaps contemplation for Lent is based on the journey that Jesus made. How strong is our love commitment and faith commitment to God. Could we ever completely set our face towards God and nothing else? We will contemplate that in the days to come. Even before he gets started on his journey, he's distracted. Jesus is confronted by a grieving father who asks him to cure his son, who is possessed by a demon. Jesus stops walking, shows compassion to the man, and cures his son from the demon. How often do we show such compassion to the sick who we don't even know? Especially when we have our faces turned to something we consider to be very important, but not God. That is my second contemplation point for this Lenten season. How often do we show compassion towards those who are physically or emotionally ill? Especially when we are on a mission that we consider to be very important. Where are you looking? Where is your mercy? Where is your compassion? Jesus also taught his disciples on their journey. One of his lessons involved the issue of discrimination. The discrimination was between the Samaritan Jews and the non-Samaritan Jews. They didn't like each other very much, and it went back decades and decades and centuries. Well, Jesus was not allowed to enter Samaria on his journey because he was a non-Samaritan Jew. That added days to his journey. And he was not allowed to enter Samaria, because he had set his face on Jerusalem. Does the teaching of Jesus about discrimination touch our lives? Do the words, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, apply in our daily lives? Do we in any way discriminate against the homeless, the poor, those of different ethnic backgrounds or sexual orientation? Would we be ready to welcome them into our homes? Would our faces be turned towards God and therefore love them As one of God's children, as they should be. I was on the board of a nonprofit organization that used to meet in the boardroom of the downtown LA Library. During one meeting and before the library had opened, I went into the men's room. It was a beautiful room, it was tiled completely in those little white and black tiles that you see in older buildings. Meant to me that it had been built a long time ago. Several hours later, and three cups of coffee later, I went back to the men's room, and the library was open. I opened the door, and I was shocked to see it was filled by many men, at least ten. Some of them were naked. Some of them were washing their bodies from the water in the toilets. Some of them were crowded around the sinks, washing themselves. And others were simply doing anything they could (coughs) to clean themselves up. My look of amazement, and I'm sure a little bit of disgust, got the attention of one of the men who came up to me and stood very close to me. And he said, we apologize to you, sir, for any inconvenience we are causing you. We hope you'll forgive us. This is the only place in miles where we can really get ourselves clean. And we hope, we hope you understand. I looked at him more closely. And he was a young man, probably in his 20s. And he was being very sincere. I could tell. And he was very articulate and posed no threat to me. I asked him, how had he become homeless? And the story he told me made me very sad and broke my heart. He had lost everything. Everything. And I said, I'm so sorry for your situation. And as I reached into my pocket to get my wallet, he said, I don't want any of your money. You have already given me all that I want. And I was baffled by what he was saying. And he looked me right in the eye and he said, You told me that you knew who I was and you showed me respect. That's all I want is someone to show me respect. Well, I'll tell you, that moment still lives with me and it made me really look at homeless people in a very different way because of that encounter in the men's room. The third point of contemplation in the coming weeks, could be to look within ourselves and we will find any discrimination, even on a subconscious level. That is our job. And I will admit, up until that point, I did discriminate against the homeless. Not anymore. Another one of Jesus' teachings to his disciples on his journey was about greed. In the word of Jesus, watch out. Guard yourself against all kinds of greed. After all, one's life is, isn't determined by one's possessions. Even when someone is very wealthy. Jesus taught his disciples a par- parable right after that about a rich man, a rich farmer who had an enormous crop, enormous amounts of cut grains and so forth. He built bigger and better barns, stored it all up and said to him, take it easy, eat, drink and enjoy yourself. But that evening, God said to him, you fool, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded of you. What was the value of those possessions? Zero. When we look deep into within ourselves, do we find elements of greed? Have we turned our face towards amassing great wealth and possessions? That could be our fourth contemplation point during this Lenten season. Finally, on the journey, Jesus taught his disciples about hunger. Not just hunger for food, but hunger for faith in God. In Palestine, Jesus and his disciples were walking through an area where physical hunger was commonplace. Most of the population lived at a starvation level. The land was owned by very few. The majority of the rest of the population worked in very poorly paid jobs. The Roman taxes were extremely heavy. They were a big burden on everyone. And if someone was lucky enough to own a small plot of land that had been in their family for generations, lost that land because of those taxes. Hunger and the disease it brought were commonplace in Palestine. We know that Jesus miraculously fed crowds of people. An important time in the prayer he taught all Christians to pray on his journey to Jerusalem is, Give us this day our daily bread. Hunger is a tidal wave of misery. It engulfs the entire world. If we call ourselves Christians, what have we done to address that wave? This is the fourth point of possible contemplation. What have we done to stop the hunger in our community, our nation, and the world? Through his journey, Jesus emphasized the way he lived, the lifestyle of the Christian walk. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whenever we say yes to Jesus and turn our faith faces towards Jesus and agree to travel with him. We ignore the ways of the world. We travel the Jesus way. And he spent his final days telling us how. Our Lord not only wants us to know and live his words, he also wants us to teach those words to others. So as Jesus traveled, he was focused like a laser beam, focused. He was headed toward suffering and death. Yet he took the time along the way to heal the sick, to teach the ways of God to those who would listen, and to feed the hungry. As we travel in our lives, our Lord expects the same from each and every one of us. At the beginning of this sermon, I asked the question, why would Jesus make such a journey, knowing the end result? The answer is actually very clear. He made that journey for each and every single one of us. Each and every single one of us. Because, as I've said many times, In this church, it is through Jesus Christ that we have all been truly forgiven. Amen.